Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face.
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here today. And uh, oddly, uh, on Skype, and in a way, there's no need for Skype today. We could have probably met face to face. We don't live too far away from one another. But we're here to welcome uh, Rumid Billen, uh, Dr. Billen, here to talk to, uh, today about her new book and a whole lot of other things. Who do I want to become? Uh, Rumid, thank you so much for joining us today on Face to Face. Thank you so much, David, for having me. So, yeah, isn't it wonderful, eh, this, this world that we live in? We, we, we were corresponding, trying to set this up through a publicist and a publisher and so on, and it sounds so fancy and wonderful. It turns out we live around the corner from one another. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it kind of plays out often? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure one of my first questions when I when somebody reaches out to me for, for an interview through you know, especially through a publicist, you know, are they in Eastern Standard Time, you know, Pacific <laughs> Standard where are they? Because sometimes they're in Europe, sometimes they're in Asia and th- those those calls could be so difficult to sort out. So uh, Absolutely. this one uh should have been a lot easier than it was. But anyway, we're we're here today and, and I'm so looking forward to talking about your book. Uh uh wonderful book by the way congratulations and and i heard i've heard that it's become a canadian bestseller since we first started corresponding it has which is very exciting um just earlier this year it became a number one uh, bestseller on amazon and so it was very nice to see and it's being very well received within libraries across different schools as well as young um young youth as well as adults so it's been great yeah that's amazing yeah good good for you who do I want to become a question that I, I think most of us at some point or another have asked? And as you point out in the in the book, maybe are still asking. So I can't wait to get into that. Tell, tell me, um, hmm, potential raising, possibility thinking, perspective building, learning architect, phrases from your website. By the way, folks, rumeedbillan.com, uh, R-U-M-E-E-T-B-I-L-L-A-N.com. Can you talk a little bit about your your, your past, how you got here, PhD, doctor, entrepreneur, speaker, etc. And then I want to dive into the book if we can. Absolutely. And I think it's all very much connected. And so 15 years ago, I started my first business in the education sector. And I came across a statistic that 80% of small businesses fail within the first two years of operations. And so I thought, okay, it's highly likely that the business that I'm starting is going to fail. And I had this very deep-seated fear of failure. And so what I decided to do is um, I decided to take my business and the following year, we would donate a percentage of our profits to go build a school in a different part of the world. Mm. And now, yeah, this was 15 years ago where it wasn't very common for people to go abroad to build schools or to build homes. And it's a lot more common now, but back then it wasn't. And so that's what we did with the idea that my business was going to fail, but at least we could build the school that would live on forever. And so that's what we did. And what I quickly learned um, that year was that my business didn't fail. We actually did better. And when I was speaking with my clients, they were very supportive of an organization that was giving back. So I changed my business model, and every year we decided we would uh, contribute to a school building initiative. And at that time, um, I was continuing on with my school, and I enrolled in my master's program at the University of Toronto. And I was on my third school building initiative in Ecuador. And while I was in Ecuador, I thought, okay, I want to do some research while I'm here. And I met with different children in the community, some elders as well as parents, and was informed that even though we build schools, that doesn't mean children receive a quality education. 
And so when I probed further, it was because the children uh, weren't receiving a quality education due to the fact that teachers weren't trained. Mm. And it would take teachers half a day to walk into the cities by foot in order to go to teachers' college. And there weren't things like how we're used to bicycles, cars, subways. Uh, Many people didn't even have shoes. And so that really... um, encouraged me to pivot my business model. And instead of just focusing on business schools, we went out to build a uh, teacher's college. And it was a five-year project, but we ended up opening doors within eight months. And um, as I'm continuing to do doing these initiatives related to enabling opportunities in education, I furthered my education and did my PhD at the University of Toronto while also running my business. And so I became very interested in how we develop competencies among youth, but also adults. And that's what I focused my PhD on, which led to me operating my second business and founding my second business, which looks at how do we develop competencies um, through workshops, training programs, as well as, sh- as shifting perspectives that we currently hold that might be limiting us. So, and so, 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 yeah, Ru- sorry, go so Ramit, I got I to gotta, I gotta step in as I smile. Yeah. So do you drink a lot of coffee? Like you're, you're redefining over overachiever here what's going on (laughs) that is an excellent question funny enough um before i had my two and a half year old son i would sleep eight hours every night and have two cups of coffee and that was it and i really actually um put such an emphasis on sleep because Mm. it helped to recover and then I had my amazing wonderful son and that just has never gone back to normal so um, now I drink a lot more caffeine than I want (laughs) yeah me included yeah I'm with you on that no it sounds amazing I mean talk about uh, touch points and 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 so many questions um, that that I want to ask what what um, love to hear too more about just the school building itself and I love the comment you made uh, because I think it's it's a comment on development I think it's a comment on on efficacy and impact, but you know, just because you build a school doesn't mean you know uh, children are going to be taught well or wisely. Yeah. Exactly. And it's this idea that we understand what needs are and that we have the answers um, to various different needs when we don't sometimes ask what the need might be and what might be limiting and creating barriers for others. So on your site, I'd love to hear a little bit about what um, something that certainly grabbed my attention, and, I'm, and I know my listeners would be interested in what little research I've done on it. What, what exactly is tall poppy syndrome? Um, I love this question. And so um, as I continued on with my business and my PhD and doing some training and development, um, I partnered with Thompson Routers and Women of Influence on a study just last year that focused on tall poppy syndrome. And what tall poppy syndrome is, is when people succeed, instead of being celebrated or congratulated, instead they are attacked or resented because of their achievements or success. And so what we wanted to do research on was um, look at in Canada, where is this happening and to who is this happening to? And so we had over 1,500 women respond to the survey. And what we found was that it was happening to everyone and it was happening everywhere. Did not matter industry, did not matter sector, did not matter um, the pay scale. Uh, It was happening to everyone everywhere. And the impact it was having on the individual was extreme from negative self-talk to lowered self-esteem. And Mm. the impact it was having on organizations just as much because of loss of productivity as well as loss of high achieving talent right yeah so 
um, um, and and it's and it's so connected. It's well, I see a connection actually to. I was just reflecting a little bit more on your. Uh, you're not. You're you're an ambassador for not myself today. I mean, this connection to the book. Who do I want to become? And just um, there was an interview I was doing last week, and I, I asked a question, something about you know. So is this really about just learning how to become comfortable in our own skin? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of. It's, it seems like a thread through, and maybe a nice launching point to, or or a stepping stone to talking a little bit more about your book. But but is 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 that a theme for you? Is that a thematic that's that that bubbles to the surface more often than not? Absolutely, I can't even tell you how many times that comes up. And a lot of that, the underlying piece of that, is self confidence mm. or lack of. Right. And so when I do my workshops on developing emotional resilience or psychological capital or even looking at tall poppy or when I work with grade sevens and eights, self-confidence is something that comes up quite a bit. In all of my work with the thousands and thousands of people I've interacted with, self-confidence is the number one thing people want to develop further. And that actually beat out stress tolerance, which to me was a shock because as a society, we are um, the most stressed that we've ever been. Uh, Self-confidence is number one. That's interesting. So self-confidence beat out, um, uh, did you say stress Stress. tolerance? Oh, yes. Yeah, I was just writing it down because that's something I want to look into. So what is it about self-confidence then? Are we not raising our children well? You know what? I think there's a multitude of factors here. Um, There's uh, the expectations that are put on by the adults that children are around, the expectations by media, the expectations that they put on themselves. I think that really impacts self-confidence. We place a lot of emphasis on the opinions of others and what Mm -hmm. others think about us. And especially in the age of social media where those like buttons, right? those have an impact on our self-confidence. If someone is texting us back, that's going to impact our self-confidence. And so I think there are so many different factors. And I I, I do think parents try to do the best that they can. And I also think parents uh, go through the crisis of understanding their self-confidence and developing that further. So, so I think this is a beautiful way in, in into the book. Um, who do, who do I want to become? I mean, tell tell me a little bit about about the the genesis of it. And and I've got lots of questions to ask. But I mean, I see I see the thread. You know, it's just yes. really really so relevant. I mean, relevant in my own life and, and and in so many ways as a not so much a new dad, I suppose anymore, eleven and thirteen year old. But but you know, kids who are sort of asking that question. But the truth is, I don't know that they've ever actually asked this question but we certainly had conversations around it and and I know how we and my wife Elizabeth have have tried to I don't know develop a better sense of self you know I mean my my running joke Ravid is to I my job is to screw my children up as little as possible (laughs) Um, and we're all trying to do that I think Um, it's it's Well, when I was traveling abroad, uh, interestingly, when I was meeting these children from very rural parts of the world, I asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what they were sharing with me was not what they wanted to be. They were sharing with me who they wanted Mm. to be. And it was through them that I learned this lesson and brought this lesson back to me uh, to Canada because that was so profound to me. Because when we think about the 2008 market crash, people were laid off. 
position titles were, they come and go. And so it's not about the what, it's actually about who and the type of person you want to become. And so I was doing quite a bit of work around this and emotional resilience for adults, as well as grade sevens, eights, um, all through grade 12. And someone asked me, they're like, well, what about K to six? And I thought about that for a while. And I thought, you know, I had always been asked to write a book and I never felt comfortable with this idea of writing a business book. And I thought if I ever wrote a book, it would be a children's book with mm. this specific message that it's not what you want to be. Instead, it's who you want to be. And for the future, we don't know what jobs are going to exist. And I mean, when I was younger, I couldn't say I wanted to be a web designer when I was older because there was no web. Right. And so this idea of forcing children to choose what they want to be, and especially specific to a position title, is actually quite misleading. And when they look at who they want to be, it can open the door to so many different possibilities. So I wrote down quickly as I read your book and was making some notes, uh, firefighter, I wanted to be in the army. Don't ask me where that one came from. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut, which comes up in the book. I wanted to be a chemist. And I think it was because I had so much fun boiling water in test tubes. It just felt cool. You know, like I I I think I thought I was getting something done. Uh, Entertainer and a construction worker. So that's... Love it. Yeah, yeah. So... and, And... all can and you know what it's so interesting you know the and i'm sure i've said this on on podcasts before but you know we we step into our future we only understand when we look back right and and i actually did end up becoming a construction worker but it wasn't really uh, intentional and and really by design i kind of almost fell into it and i think what i'm hearing you say i think is that Maybe as a kid, maybe as a parent, my parents should have spent a little bit more time shaping, you know, who I was and, and affirming that and encouraging that and this idea of possibility rather than saying, oh, gee, what are you going to be by this? You know, what's your work? What's your work's back schedule, David? Yeah. And it's and there's nothing wrong with asking what you want to be as long as we follow it up with why. Why right. was it important to you to be a construction worker or a chemist? And I, I think parents themselves they ask the question because they want to make sure that their children are going to be secure, they're going to have job security, and they, they are on a path. And for them, it makes them feel good, right? And it's it's that they're, they're taken care of. But if we think about that, we might be putting more pressure on them and misleading them. So for example, when you were younger, you couldn't say that you wanted to have a podcast. <laughs> That's right. Right? And now yes. you have a podcast. And so allowing room for flexibility and then also sharing your own career path. And in today's age, there is no such thing as job security. Whereas years ago, um, we had the ability to get a job and be a lifetimer or a lifer, as mm. they say, in that organization. And now people change jobs every, what, two years, every six months. Um, and this whole shift to a gig economy. So this idea of job security, I think, is is also missing leading. And I don't fault the parents uh, that much because I can understand where they're coming from. They they want to protect their children and they want to make sure they're they're taken care of. But we also as parents want to make sure we're not misleading our children. It's interesting that, you know, as you say, misleading our children, Dylan's character in the book, uh, you know, in, in who, who, who do I want, who, who do I want to become uh, is confused. Yes. And he comes to it. He has an epiphany in the story. And 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 is that is that confusion, would you say, solely to do with the expectations being put on around him by his kindergarten teacher, by his parents, by society, et cetera, Instagram and so on? Or is some of that self-imposed as well? 
I think it's all of the above. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why we started with the school setting is because in class, we're expected to know what we want to be because we have to then choose the courses that are going to lead to the path that ensures that we become that what. And uh, children and youth are expected to know that at such an early age, right? Mm-hmm. We start asking kids at such an early age. And so it starts there. And it's also this idea that everyone else has it figured out. Why don't I have it figured out? And I think that kind of puts some anxiety on children and youth today as well. And that's what uh, Dylan in the book is facing as well, is that everybody knows what they want to be. Is there something wrong with me? Because I don't know. And then it's also this idea that I should know. Why don't I know? And it's figuring that out. So it sounds to me, I mean, I'm, I'm getting messages of um, inclusion, um, you know, sort of embrace this, there, there's creativity connected to the story and to, to, to where we want Dylan to go, where we sort of, I would think most parents would want their kids to be, I think, if you ask them in a, you know, in, in a boardroom setting, and yet then the practicalities of life sort of hone down in, oh, we're not going to be able to afford to get them to school, and they need to get a job, and, you know, that 40-hour work week, I think, which you were basically referring to, this isn't necessarily the future we're stepping into. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, oh, and by the way, I want to become a smoothie tester. <laughs> Me too. How do I get that gig? Yeah, how do I get that job? <laughs> and does it pay well? That's, yes. uh, I think that's a pretty important question to ask. But, but, you know, it's, it's just so interesting, all of this, because there's, there's so many ways we could take this conversation. But, but yeah, so, so, so inclusion and creativity and possibility and so on, which I absolutely love. By the way, my, my background academically is philosophy. So it's all about the question. So yeah. it seems to me, instead of saying to your children, hey, what, you know, what do you want to become? And specifically saying it, I think if you phrased it in a different way, even, you know, well, what about this? Or what about that? Have you thought, you know, there, there are ways of stepping into this conversation for parents that actually could help to foster self-confidence, it seems to me, and still leave open, a, you know, sort of that funnel of, of possibility. Absolutely. And so I was, I was doing a community event. I did a book reading um, in this community in Scarborough, which is in the greater Toronto area. And I spoke to an eight-year-old boy. And in this community, I should add that 44% of children don't read up to the provincial standard. And so this eight-year-old boy, I was speaking to him and he shared that he wanted to be a police officer. And I asked him why. And his response was, because I want to save lives. Mm, now, so I, beautiful, right? And now, <laughs> so if, good. If we start, though, from there, that that is who he wants to be. He wants to be someone that saves lives. We've now just opened up the door because there are so many professions that this young boy can engage with that do save lives. Right. Whether that's becoming a nurse, whether that's becoming a social worker, whether that's becoming a counselor, it doesn't just have to be police officer. That's another uh, career that can help to save lives. But that isn't the only one. So when we start with the who, that's how we open the door to possibilities. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. So we're spending more time then on character. We're spending more time on community and, and, and conversation. Is that is that fair? Uh, completely fair. Yeah. So are there, so you, you've got this, this clearly this, this business side to you, uh, uh, entrepreneur to businesses and, you know, TEDx, all these different things. What are, I mean, are there steps like, could, could you be prescriptive about this or is this just, yeah, I mean, there you go. Could, could, could you be prescriptive? Are there six, 10, 12 steps that, that parents all over the world could sort of, you know, use cross-culturally? 
Absolutely. I do have some tips and I've got a parent guide that's available on the book website, whodoiwantobecome.com. Um, but some tips just to share for parents to be empathetic, right? Mm -hmm. To use the mm -hmm. reference points of their children to learn what interests them and why. Um, another thing is to share your own career path. Our career path wasn't linear, but yeah. like you mentioned, you were a construction worker at one point. And by sharing our own stories, we allow children to feel comfortable with flexibility, right? And it's also about asking the right questions. Again, there's there's nothing wrong with asking what do you want to be but we want to follow up that specific question up with why why is that important to you because that's where we get to purpose and meaning and that's where we can begin to understand where our children find purpose and meaning and also who they want to become and for adults I think we're still trying to figure that out oh. just in the adult world we Absolutely. call it legacy right what legacy do I want to live or we call it self-actualization we're saying the same thing it's about who we want to be and what we want to be known for and really it's not about the legacy we want to leave but what is it that we're doing today right how do we want to live it's so good I mean so so comfortable with flexibility could I put the word uncertainty in there as well yes and that's scary for, for children and adults, uncertainty mm -hmm. is scary. I find that the youth that I work with are a little bit more comfortable with uncertainty. Um, but I do think that that's important to really uh, develop our flexibility muscles and to become comfortable with uncertainty. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Dylan, quote, I might not know what I want to be when I grow up, but I do know who I want to become. I, I want to be someone who tries new things and isn't afraid to fail. I mean, yes. I just, it's so great how, and so wonderful how you've packed so much into, I don't know, you don't number the pages. What is it? 22 pages, maybe? <laughs> it ends up being 40 pages. <laughs> is it 40? Oh, okay. There, and I had to cut stuff out. There was so much more that I wanted to I say. Yeah. Did you, by the way, just practically, were you limited? Did the public say, oh, you can't have this many, you know, because it's a kid's book, you've got to follow a certain model? Or did they give you lots of freedom there? Uh, there I, I had written the story, it did go through rounds of edits. Um, and it was an empowering process because I, I, I can share with you in the beginning when I wrote the story, the, the mom actually tells Dylan what the answer is. And what you learn through the process is that the mom shouldn't be telling Dylan the answer. The Dylan should be coming up with the answer on his own, right? It should be, mm. it should empower kids to come up with their solutions. So that was really powerful. And I absolutely loved the process. And so you mentioned earlier that I'm doing all these different things. And when I decided to do this, I had to tell myself that this is your fun project. This isn't something you're going to stress about. This is something you're going to have fun with. It's You're going to enjoy it. And, and when I approached it from that way, I really, really enjoyed the process with my publisher. And they were fantastic. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. Uh, I want to, want to get to the this notion of um, that who we are is already inside of us. And, and, yes. and I want to talk a little bit more about that and that sort of spirit of inclusion and how we can foster that as employers and teachers and parents and friends and so on. Um, but uh, I, did, I did want to say that... I remember taking in, it wasn't a test, it was kind of a survey. I think I was in middle school, let's say grade seven, grade eight, something like that in Rexdale, actually, in, in not too far now considered Toronto, I guess, but GTA at the time. And the guidance counselor, you know, well-intentioned, put me through this process. And apparently, no kidding, I was aligned to become a garbage collector. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and listen, garbage collectors make great money and it's, yes. it's not a, it's, it, it's not a bad job. There was no, there was no tone there, but yes. I'm not a garbage collector, uh, nor was it ever on my list to become one. <laughs> so, yes. 
So I guess well, I guess my question is, Ramit, I mean, I guess some of these structures, some of these, I don't know, um, sessions that you can go to and you can hire guidance or career counselors and so on, I guess we kind of have to hold them lightly to some degree. Absolutely. There's so many assessments out there that tell you what you should probably be. And I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. I had no idea what a lawyer did just based on what I saw off TV. My guidance counselor told me I should get into human resources. I thought, hey, that's a great idea. Again, nobody I knew was in human resources. And so I think we need to take everything with a grain of salt um, in terms of what these assessments say. And there, I have so much respect for garbage collectors in any specific role, um, as long as you're happy in it and it's something that you want to do and you can find meaning and purpose in it. And it might not be the task at hand, but it might be what the task allows you to do with your family, with your friends, or yeah. with your life. And I think that's so critical. Um, and, and the inclusion piece, um, it's its knowing that who we are is, is inside of us already. And we I was actually very intentional about the characters that were chosen in the book. We have a gender neutral character, which is cousin Jamie. Um, you don't know if cousin Jamie is male or female. Uh, that was very important. We have diversity in terms of the elementary school teacher and different characters in the story because I think that's important for children to be able to relate and that's something I think that's missing from a lot of books that are out Mm. there. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, what I think, yeah, and where I think I was going a little bit too with that, that inclusive comment was just that knowing that we, well, in this sense, we already are what we're going to become, right? That's kind of your point. And I think, I think that's been partially my challenge. Let's just go, you know, shine the light on me here and go a little intimate. I mean, that's been part of my issue over the years. I've never really been to some degree comfortable in my own skin. And so therefore always living in the next moment, always living by my life by the to-do list. Oh, well, if I get here, I'll be this. If I get there, I'll be that. And I see it, you know, even with my own kids and how they're dealing with social media and, and, and being pushed out of certain, you know, small groups at school and so on. You're on the in, you're, you're with the in crowd or the out crowd and, 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 and yeah, I, I guess, I mean, part part of that, I suppose, is, is like a confession, I suppose, of, of my own part uh, on one hand, but also just how do you protect against that? How how does one as a parent uh, c- come alongside kids and and say, you know what, sweetie, it's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I mean, and yes. I'm talking about Instagram. I'm yes. talking about not getting enough likes on Facebook. I'm talking yes. about uh, a part a, 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 a boyfriend or a girlfriend not returning your phone call. Right. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Oh, there's so much. And if I had the answer, I need that answer. Because again, I have a two and a half year old. And I'm, <laughs> I I don't look forward to those days, because it's scary. And especially as a parent, all we want to do is protect our children, right, right? right? And it's funny, because when we think about tall poppy syndrome in the workplace, it's actually happening in our schools as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do we stop people, children from bringing each other down and instead lifting each other up and again a piece of that is with self-confidence and it's it's hard to develop that in a world where social media is taking over and there is a dark side to social media and it does have an impact on children and their mental health and we need to be careful about that but you said it it's it's how do I say you know it's it's not you it's them Right. right. What are we actually trying to say there? And and I think it's it's making sure that we have 
open communication with our mm. children so they feel comfortable sharing with us what's going on so that we can be their support. And then also maybe even sharing our own past experiences with this. And I think it's true in terms of uh, what you've said, David, like we struggle with being comfortable in our own skin. I do this workshop with grade sevens and eights. It's called, who do I want to become? And we start off with what they want to be and end off with who they want to be. And, and in the middle, we talk about understanding self and others and great leadership. And there's one quote that sticks out to me. And one, I, I don't know if they were grade seven and eight because it's all anonymous. What they said was, I want to be myself because everyone deserves to be themselves. Mm. And I think that's so powerful because how many times do we lose who we are because we're trying to meet the expectations of someone else? And this is what we call positive psychological capital, knowing who you are and being who you are and not being clouded by the opinions of others. And that's hard to do. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges in our lifetime. I love everyone deserves to be themselves. I mean, talk about a campaign slogan. If somebody hasn't stolen it yet, they should. Let's get on it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's fantastic, and it's yeah. so true. And I think I think that's what I was what what I was sort of referring to in my own life. I, you know, I, I'm I'm on some level I'm still struggling to be myself. Yeah. I think it, it is the reality. Hey, hey, just as we wrap up here, and I can't believe we're coming to the end of our <laughs> our, our conversation. I'm looking forward to part two um, down the road. Tell me a little bit about Kenya, about the Teachers College, about you know. You, you, where where did all that come from? Um, is that just you know your your desire to 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 change the world, or was there more of a a, a themed like thread? Excellent question. And like you, one thing always leads to the next thing yeah, that leads to the next right. thing, right? And, Absolutely. And the Teachers College came about when I had heard how um, children were receiving a quality education. And how we finished in eight months versus five years is the community we worked in, they donated an existing building so we didn't have to build ground up. And so we renovated to open the Teachers College. Um, and that was a really, really uh, important part of my life. It was challenging because there are a lot of challenges that come up with that. And I, I mean, I didn't get paid a penny to do this um, and I donated all the funds from my company in order to build it and so you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about the impact that you want to make and you just hope for the best and I think that's what we can do is is to do the best that we can with what we have and as long as it's aligned with who we are and who we want to be I think we'll all be okay yeah that's uh, that's so cool um do what what's so what's next i mean is there is is there is there a follow up is there is there a, a film in the making what tv series what what are you working on Excellent question. And I think I'm going to save that for part two. Nice. <laughs> there nice. are definitely some things in the work, um, both with uh, the tall poppy syndrome study as yeah, well as the book. Um, I would love for uh, teachers to be able to do the workshop on who do I want to become on their own and implement mm. that. And so I'm working on some things in that area um, and really getting that message across. But I'm very privileged to be able to do what I love to do. So that and and they can they can find out more about that by going to who who do I want to become dot com right that's you've got curriculum you've got different things there that people can uh, go go a little deeper into. Exactly. We've got lesson plans. We've got worksheets. We've got a parent guide. The book is also available in French and Spanish, and so they've got links to that as well. No, oh, that's fantastic. What I, I love the book. I love what you've done, and 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 I I do love this spirit of inclusion. But it's it's also just be just including ourselves 
you know. <laughs> yes, As, thank you. T- typically, we think of inclusion, we think of, oh, we're excluding others. Well, hang on a minute. Everyone deserves to be themselves, right? So yes. uh, it's, 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 it's lovely. The fact that this, this phrase that you are, in fact, included, uh, to me, is just, is, it's so prominent. And, and uh, it's just, it's a really important message. Uh, and I think I've learned it even more becoming a father and, and, and watching my kids interact and grow in, in the school system. And, and, and what's so fascinating to me, Ramit, is, is how it's pushed back, how it's squashed in so many different ways, um, you know, through the media and, 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 and well-intentioned folk, including parents and including friends. It's, it's, it's deeply troubling, but it's something we definitely need to, uh, uh, I think you said it well, uh, stay open to. It's just creating this community of conversation. It just makes a whole lot of sense. Exactly. And with adults as well, with each other, instead of when meeting someone saying, hey, what do you do? It's more about, you know, what are you into? Right. Or what tell impact me, you want to make? Tell, yeah, it's true. Eh? Isn't that the first question we often yeah. ask? Or we go there first, right? Well, I'm this or I'm that or I make this much money or, or whatever, <laughs> right? But instead, how about, you know, tell me a bit about yourself before you tell me exactly. what you actually do. Oh, that's good. Exactly. And we judge people based on what they do when they share. And, and it could be unconscious, but we do. And you're right. It's tell me a little bit more about you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we've been talking to Ramid Billen, uh, Dr. Billen here today about her new book, Who Do I Want to Become? You can get that on Amazon. Check uh, her out at RamidBillen.com on her website. Or uh, if you want to find out more information about the campaign or, or some of the, the lesson plans and parent guides, head out to WhoDoIWantToBecome.com. Ramid, what a pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, thanks Thank you. so much for your time. Thank you. This was so much fun. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.